live another day. Mirrors can't talk. Luckily for you, they can't laugh either. A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 26, the show that loves to have deep... Wow, the show that loves to know how to talk. <laughs> the, the show that loves to have deep conversations about lore and life and use words properly. Wow. Off to a great start. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time. We're already laughing, and my name is Allie, the one that finally got the Grimoire show in the book. And I'm joined by the one that probably is already done reading it. It's Jen. No, not done, but yeah, about 88 pages in. Yeah, so eh, doing all right. Yeah, that's, that's a good chunk, though. Yeah, it is a good chunk. And it's, it's yeah. been a, it's been a fun read so far. I mean, I don't feel like I've gotten to the really good meaty stuff because it's just like, hey, guys, here's a recap of everything, that you know, but from my point of right. view. Right. And I'm like, you know, what? that's good. I like that. I'm OK with that. Yeah, it's a good book so far. I like it. Do you like it? So I thumbed far? through it a little bit. I mean, it. There's, there's pretty pictures <laughs> and and I actually own it now as opposed to Amazon being like, we're going to ship it to you. Just kidding. Oh, hey, guess what? We're going to ship it to you. No, 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 no. Just just kidding. This time we're really going to ship it to you. We're serious okay. this time. And, Promise. And then, and then they finally did. So <laughs> they're like, if you don't receive it, you can cancel your order. I don't want to cancel my order, Amazon. <laughs> I was angry. But I have it now, and I'm a little less busy after uh, the middle, the first part of this week, at least. By the time I get to the end of the week, I'm much less busy. So I will be able to hopefully actually dive in and enjoy it. Great. That sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What have you been up to, dear Jen? What have I been up to? Boy. It's been a while since we've actually talked about this. So like, like I can actually, I know. I know. So like, what the heck would I actually say? Um, you know, we've down Sylvanas on normal. Uh, we have, so that was cool. Brats. That was a yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. That was a, that was a, fun <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. Still don't really know what's going on in that last little phase there. There's like a jump between platforms. And I don't know. It's just, it's very hectic. <laughs> it's very hectic at the end there. Um, but yeah, moving moving along, been pretty excited, and yeah, and I've finished up all the uh, the nine one chapters, and we're gonna talk about some of that today because I'm know. sad it's over. Yeah, that's 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 kind of my take, as you can probably hear <laughs> in my voice. Is it was really good. Can I have more? Can I have more, please? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been really good. Um. Once again, it is that time of year where our state is on fire. Yay, us. So, um, you know. Yes, us in Colorado and our lungs are fully aware that your state is on fire because you send all your smoke to us. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) There was a couple of days where we were out of like highly populated cities, the worst air quality in the entire world. I believe it because we have a lot of (laughs) fires and if we're going to ship our smokes, it's got to go somewhere. Apparently it went to... Colorado. 
And I was like, hey, do you, do you like smoke? And they're like, no. Well, how about you have some? Because we don't want it. I mean, it does look, make the sun look really awesome. Like just uh, like a blood red sun first thing in the morning. There's just something awesome about it. Yeah, it does look awesome. Um, and it's always a, you know, silver lining where the, the forecast says it's going to be like 105 and it just wound up being 83 because it was such a thick layer of smoke. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. And you're like, um, I, it's, it's nice, but I still don't want to go outside. So, okay. Neat. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's rough. I really feel for you guys out there because. We're just dealing with the smoke aspect of it. Yeah. yeah, And as opposed to last year, like our fire has been fairly minimal knock on wood. So. Yeah. Strangely enough, this (laughs) is not as bad as last year. So uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Last year was was worse, but this is not exactly good. But anyway, I mean, that's really all that I've been up to other than dealing with smoke and all that. Um, Yeah. So what have you been up to, Allie? Hmm. What have I been up to? So I just like you, I finished the story stuff and I'm for, so, uh, so proud of my raid last week. They got Kel'Thuzad down and they blindly went into Savannah's and got her to phase two. Nice. With, they had like a little bit of raid left and they're like, oh, let's just go poker and see how it happens. And, uh, they got to phase two, which is great. Unfortunately, I woke up that day with one of those all day headaches that you just cannot shake no matter what you do. And I was like, I'm not going to heal progression rating tonight. I love you all, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to make it. And um, they did just fine. So, <laughs> but hopefully that means we'll kill Keltha Gazad again this week so I can get the kill and uh, move on to Savannah's and hopefully get her down, which would be great. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we could probably talk about it later. But uh, I've I was I was thinking about that too, where it's like, because you know, it's it's interesting the way that they they did the story on the last chapter, yeah. So I was I was very curious, Kurt. It's, it's almost like they they set a it felt like a deadline, <laughs> you know, like a spoiler deadline if you think about it that way. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I thought it was cool, but at the same time, I, you know, I had to think back. I was like, what if my red team hadn't finished yet? Huh. All right. <laughs> yep. Just like mine. But that's why cinematics are on YouTube and it's it's OK. <laughs> yeah, I feel I really feel for those who actually actively try to avoid spoilers. It's getting harder and harder to do it. It is. It's, it definitely is. Yeah. Or uh, what is it? I think it was our buddy Berserker finally just caved and was like, you know, we're fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I try and avoid spoilers, but it's become uh, an insurmountable task at this point. So, hey, I'll just join you all and, and embrace the spoilers. So, yeah. Right. Like once in a while, because I so, for example, I knew the last cinematic for the last chapter, which we're going to talk about tonight. I knew that was out in the wild. But I also knew that I wanted to watch it myself naturally as I finished the storyline. And so every time I see something about that come up, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. I see you. I know you're there, but nope. <laughs> and I was able to do it. So that was that was pretty good. But it took yeah. a little bit of extra effort. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, avoiding an entire cinematic isn't too terrible, but avoiding the like, you know, the the moaning 
and the complaining and you you get the gist that's where yeah. it's, that's where it becomes hard <laughs> this <laughs> where, is true this is true where it's like oh my god i can't believe they did blah 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 blah, blah. and you're like hmm well now i know what happens thanks <laughs> exactly <laughs> well did you do anything else hmm? that's about it i i've wanted to play a lot more but i've been a little busy i I'll, i've done corthia here and there which is sad because I actually do still really like Corthia and just unplugging from everything else and just running around Corthia and have a good time. So hopefully I'll do more of that this week and just more gaming in general. Yeah. And yeah, I've, outside of that, I've done, I played Secret of Monkey Island. To yeah, you did. My stream. You went to Booty to Island. Have, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much fun with those games. It's just piratey honey goodness and it's just so much fun and yeah just you know spending time with my husband when i can we went out to breakfast with a friend of mine on saturday which was lovely and yeah just kind of pushed along it's looking like my hours at work are gonna start going down hopefully hopefully and i can kind of get some sanity back so that's gonna be lovely yeah that does sound lovely Mm -hmm. it does yeah as is what we're drinking it, oh, that's a that's a. I mean, fine, at least I think it's lovely. That was a fine transition. I gotta give I gotta give that to you. Right, that was beautiful. It's, it's smooth. That was almost as good as Frasley. Smooth. Oh, <laughs> Frasley, she is the master of transitions. I just <laughs> pretend I'm as good as her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So good. So, what is this magnificent thing that you have told me to oh, um, it's my partake in? Also known as the same thing you drank last time. Right, right. So <laughs> it is the same thing I drank last time. We talked about it last time. Uh, once again, since I am the one leading the show this week, I suggested a rum drink as I am one to do. He is grabbing more. I'm very proud of him. We are having some Dr. Pepper and rum, specifically Captain Morgan's, because there's just something about the, the taste of Dr. Pepper with the taste of Captain Morgan's spice rum that just goes really well together. At least, it's, again, in my opinion. It's the prunes. It's the prunes, everybody. That's what does it. Right. I don't even know if that's true. I mean, I just, I was like, remember no. as a kid? Remember there's like, rumors that there's prunes in Dr. Pepper, but the last I heard, it is not one of the secret 23 ingredients. And that was all just hearsay. But yeah, I, I discovered this mix. I think it was something I tried in college and then realized that it's just, it's just so good. It's not bad, I gotta tell you. Um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing some, uh, as, yeah, I've I've always kind of come to know them by as the 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 easy the quick cocktails. It's not really a cocktail. You yeah. just mixing soda and a beverage. I like it easy. It's great. This is. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> you, you get that one for free. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, some of the first things I ever tried was like Sprite and vodka. So, I mean, it's right up there with that. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good. Like if you if you ask me, Allie, do you want a rum and Coke or Dr. Pepper and rum? It's going to be Dr. Pepper and rum every time. See, that, personally. That's, that's weird. So it's like rum and also, Coke. Also drink rum and Coke. I love rum and Coke. That's fine. I will drink it. But if I have the choice between if I have two options, I'm going to go for Dr. Pepper. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, but that's that's the thing. What? Hmm. So is it Dr. Pepper and rum, or is it rum and Dr. Pepper? What, what, what is it like? This is, we all know it's rum and Coke. 
Like, why, why, why are we? Why, why it needs a new name. Maybe like Rummy Pepper. <laughs> Doctor Rum. It's Doctor Rum. Nope. It's Doctor Rum. That's it's Doctor Rum. It's Doctor Morgan. <laughs> Even better, because <laughs> it specifically has to be Captain Morgan's. So yes, this drink is now the Doctor Morgan. Morgan. It is Ali approved, and it is a perfect title. Doctor Morgan. There you go. <laughs> Now, now I remember with spies like us, doctor, 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 doctor. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad after drinking this for so many years, it finally has a title. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, it works for that. Instead of a captain, it's he's he's got his doctorate. He's got a PhD and everything. Hey, pirates need doctors too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is a. Uh, He's not only is he captain of his own boat, but he's a he's a medical officer too. So there you go. Bam. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I don't know if Captain Morgan was going to get his PhD. Do you think it would have been a medical doctor? I don't know. He feels like he would have been more like a doctorate in like philosophy or something. Right. So he he would have been like is he still Doctor Morgan? True. But not a medical doctor. Right. Would have been more like a you know philosophy or, or like even education. I can see him. You know. <laughs> you know. You know the the typical like Captain Morgan's pose when he's got his foot up on the barrel, right? Yeah. Like maybe, like maybe thinking about he's doing, like that's his that's his thinking pose, right? He's just thinking deep thoughts. Yes. <laughs> I don't, the I don't lore know. of Captain Morgan's welcome. Yes, yes. <laughs> Man, we we have now given him a backstory and everything. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! This is now officially headcanon for us. Yep, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Oh, goodness. Well, speaking of uh, wonderful transitions, you want to talk about something not so fun? <laughs> Dear Lord. I mean, it's... Worst transition in the world. It's... I mean... It's... it's, it's I'm going to call it middle of the road. It's... Okay, some good I'll stuff. give you that. But there's some, you know... <laughs> it's not great. But, you know, you get it. <laughs> so I'm going to say things now so the listeners can get it. <laughs> the ones who are not looking at show notes. We do want to actually take a moment to talk about the... Activision Blizzard lawsuit, because while we are getting back into the lore today, it's still important to talk about what's going on with the lawsuit. And sure, I mean, it would be nice to just forget it, super under the rug, not deal with it, but we, we can't. As a community, as the employees have said, like, we, we can't, because change won't happen unless we stand up and fight and demand that respect and equality, accountability and change. We have actually seen a couple of changes in the last few weeks, which seem to be good. This includes Jay Allen Brack you know, leaving. Uh, the new co-leaders of Blizzard are Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabara. As of now, it, I mean, it seems like a good thing. I, I think they're they're good. Maybe I don't know. we'll we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the head of HR is gone. A certain Francis Townsend stepped down from being the executive sponsor of the ABK Women's Network, where she had no right being. The Diablo 4 game director, Luis Briga, I probably butchered that, as well as the lead designer, Jesse McCree, and Warcraft designer, Jonathan LeCraft, were let go or they left. It's one of the two. We've not really been given a clear sign as to which one it is and the quote-unquote reasons why, but we do know that McCree was one of the employees involved in the infamous Cosby suite and the chat that was put into an article that we all saw and 
And then- yeah. So we have seen some changes um, and some, some decent ones. But as shareholders, fans, and more importantly, the employees say, the company's response just has not gotten far enough yet. A lot of the demands from the employees are still not being addressed. And that includes the end of mandatory arbitration, adoption of fair hiring and you know promotion policies for a better representation, that third-party company audit. So, and granted, those are things that are not going to happen overnight, but Blizzard also isn't coming out and being like, we're going to do these things. And meanwhile, we're getting more and more stories of terrible working conditions and what various employees around Activision Blizzard and the different locations, not just in Irvine, but also in Austin and Minnesota, I want to say. There's one up there for the QA department. But we're, we're hearing more stories and more people are speaking up and everything. So that's why we have to keep having these conversations and why we need to and want to be a positive part of the change. So while we're getting back to a normal episode per se, it's we still want to keep bringing this up and talking about it. I agree. Yep. The only thing that I, I'm kind of taking away from all this as I've been following the, the what's been happening and seeing what people are talking about on Twitter is it feels like, I don't know, like just the beginning of, of actual changes happening, right? Yeah. Um, I, so far, at least the, the number one thing that I've seen that come out of this is just people are actually feeling comfortable enough to, you know, tell their story. You know, they're not being silenced anymore or anything like that. And right. I don't know, because I actually remember, you know, a long time ago when I was, you know, probably junior high, high school, thinking about like what like the coolest job on the planet would be. And it was like, oh, I could, I could go be a like, video game QA dude. Like all they got to do is play video games all day. Um, I also thought that back in the day. Apparently, that would have been a bad idea, according to some of the uh, all the little news articles that are coming out. And I can I can see that. So yeah, I, I think I think what it really comes down to is like, hey, if we if it takes longer for games to get out because people are working in better conditions, yeah, I think we're all just gonna have to deal with that, and that's fine. Because um, yeah, I would I would rather know that the employees of the company are not being burned out or, you know, not being abused or, or harassed like the lawsuit uh, is, is, you know, is basically talking about then, you know, you know, meeting your freaking quarterly deadlines or some crap like that. No, I'd, you know, life, right. is, life is way too short to be worrying about stupid crap like that. So, hey, let's all, let's all uh, realize that, hey, there's lots of other games out there. If we need to take a break and play some Secret of Monkey Island, it's okay. Because, hey, maybe WoW is going to take a little bit longer to get out because, hey, maybe they actually have a decent working environment now. And I'd like I'd like that. That would be good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I got to add to that. Did you have anything else to add, Ellie? No, I think it's good. I mean, you know, next episode we might have more because this is a, you know, constantly evolving story as more things come out and Activision Blizzard acts or doesn't act on it. So I'm sure in the coming weeks, we'll talk about it here and there. Uh, yeah, I agree. So I guess we'll so just... For, ne- for Yeah, let's just let's just dive into some lore. Yeah, let's just okay. do it. Yeah, we can do that. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? So, 
As I mentioned, I have finally received my Grimoire of Shadowlands book. Unfortunately, I did not get it in time for me to actually read it for the show. Because originally I was like, I'll do show notes on that. Nope, that didn't work. So instead, we do have a couple of cinematics that I have been dying to talk about. So this works out nicely and I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about it too because I want to talk about them. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one we're going to talk about is from Chapter 7, The Power of Night. When we left last left Toronto. She was having issues with the power loon, failing her in the you know, heat of the moment, denying her the satisfaction of ending Sylvanas. Ysara, you know, came to her rescue, Sylvanas eated out. As we learned through Ardenwield questing, multiple night warriors will be needed to save Toronto. As, as it turns out, a mortal can only handle so much of a loon's power. So Toronto and her thirst for more and more power to do what she needs to do, it's not good for her. <laughs> At all. A a ritual has to be performed in order to save Tyrande from becoming overcome by the power of the Night Warrior. So our Daryl Holm High Mountain is tracking down two Night Warriors within the Shadowlands that were unknown to us in the beginning. And this includes Kalik from Maldraxxus and the Stonerite from Revendreth. So what I want to know, Jin, is in all your interactions, our dear Necrolord... Did you ever know that Kalik was a Night Warrior? No. <laughs> There's no like subtle hints or anything like that? No. She is a spider and she likes to stab things and poison things. And she's like, yeah, we're going to kill him. Man. And so, I mean, maybe if you just. <laughs> that was actually really good. <laughs> if you just go with that, you're just like, okay. she's. I mean, that could be anybody in the friggin' Maldraxxus. We all want to kill things because that's what we do in the Necrolords. And because, hey, if you. Dear listener, if you're the kind of person that thinks it's a good idea to invade the Shadowlands, well, there's a there's a group of uh, individuals that I'd like to introduce to you. They are the Necrolords, and they will um they will end your existence, and then you're going to come to the Shadowlands because that's what happens when you die, and then we're going to end your existence again because that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to make sure you're double dead. But no, we didn't know Kali, <laughs> the Night Warriors. We don't talk about the past. It's fine. We we, we got better things to do. Chaka doesn't run around going like, I had a baby. No, she's killing things. It's fine. <laughs> I cannot in her, just hearing her voice actor in my head, I cannot imagine her saying that like at all. <laughs> just in my mental image with that, the, and the way you phrased it and the tone and everything was just her like running around, like her arms flailing. I had a baby. <laughs> no, if you think about it, we got better things to do in the freaking Neverlords. <laughs> Maldrax, this is like, hey, we got stuff to do. It's fine. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> hey, all that stuff doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's fine. We'll move on. And that's what Kalik did. She moved on. You know, when they're like, hey, you were a night warrior. And she's like, and? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Holden High Mountain was like, yeah, so was I. And she's like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I, w- I was going through the quest and I did, you know, factually finish the Necrolore campaign on my death night. And so I, I know that Stop I click, you in. know. What, you, you still haven't finished no. the, the night thing? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you're the one calling it out. So, hey, you should probably finish that, eh? Maybe. <laughs> but when they said it was her, I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? So, I don't know. I thought nah, you didn't cool. miss anything. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing the quest? Yeah, whole high mountain's like, oh my god, we got to it's around us, it's so important. And she's like, 
I go, wait, I got some stuff to do. Let me go talk to Vaj. <laughs> right. <laughs> go kill these guys for me. It's We're not in a rush. It's fine. We, we got stuff to do. All right. I got a mission. I got to make sure it's done. Because, hey, hold high mountain. Hold your bridges. Time is not a construct to death. It's fine. It's fine. There's no time here. <laughs> we're just going to do our thing and then we'll move on. It's fine. And then that's what happened. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> so we have these night warriors plus Theranax, who we met earlier in Ardenwield. They perform the ritual. And my girl, Lady Moonberry, calls upon the Winter Queen for help as well in order to save the grove from being devastated as everything's going explodey and Tronda is like getting raised in the air and things are happening. And <laughs> Moonberry's like, help! Yeah. And, uh... Uh, Moonberry's going, oh my god, this is, we can't do this, this is too much. <laughs> right? So meanwhile, Taronda is just losing her mind. Like, so she, she says things in her native tongue, and I just kept imagining that was a bunch of explicitives. Ex- explicitives? That's not expletives? a word. <laughs> expletives? Expletives. Expletive. I had an extra scene there somewhere. Um, I think my brain was saying cussing. And then I was trying to be fancy with it. And those two words came together for weirdness. Ex-cussing. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. That. So I don't know the English translation of everything she was saying, but she was just pissed. It's a different form of cancer. Remember, remember melanoma, everybody. Right. She's just talking about something else. She's like, oh, this is I'm an oncologist now. OK, you, you be the judge. Here we go. <laughs> Tyrande. Do not lose yourself to anger. Yeah, I heard some. She's like, this is some cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, the, there's, there's a few lines where she, they're trying to get her to calm down and she is just full of rage and anger and everything. So Winter yep. Queen shows up. Wanting to know what the hell her sister's power is doing in her forest. And then we get this cinematic. How dare you come here, sister? After our cries for aid went unheard, unanswered. I heard your cries, felt your pain.
The Alune Toronto voice acting gives me goosebumps every time I watch it, every time I listen to it. It was just, ah, it was so good. Yeah. No, I was a big fan of it. Uh, I've seen that cutscene multiple times. And I, um, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's see what's going on with this. There's lots to talk about here. There, there is, there is. And there's, there's emotions and there's so many things. So we find out that the Winter Queen's bitterness towards the loon was completely misplaced. Here she was, assuming that her sister was ignoring her cries for help as the anima drought threatened to destroy Ardenwield. And Loon's all like, why do you think I sent you all those souls, dummy? And the Winter Queen's all like, yeah, about that. But hey, thanks for not ignoring us. But, you know, with more emotions. emotions. (laughs) (laughs) And that (laughs) Loon is just devastated. (laughs) Thanks for that. FedEx failed to deliver those. It's fine. Basically. It's the thought that counts. Oh, but I mean, jokes aside, like the, the look on the Winter Queen's face and just the, the emotions in her voice and in, you know, the Alune slash Toronto voice. It, you, I don't know about you, but I, I felt it. Like, I felt those emotions. It was so good. No, I mean, you, you can see it. It's like, he's like, hey, I burnt down a tree. No, I'm not saying she burnt down the tree, but she's like, hey, a tree burnt down. And rather than turning in the men to whips, wisps, wisps, whipped cream or something. I don't know. <laughs> Words. I, I Words. decided to send them to Oddwield. Hmm? That's where I'm going to send them. And and the Winter Queen was like, mm, about that. Um, <laughs> there's some problem. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And you can see it in her face where she's like, uh, it was very much a, oh, like she said, she's like, the great tree. Ah. <laughs> yep. And here Luna is just letting her favorite children die for nothing. She could have saved them, but nope, just let them die. Uh, for nothing. Have, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm still convinced she could have made the tidal waves and to douse the tree and stuff. <laughs> well, I think a better idea is if she's a little tidal wave and douse friggin' Sylvanas and her stupid catapults. There you go. That's you. <laughs> so here's this is not a question I put on the notes, but it's something I was processing as we were you know, listening to that again. So Loon wanted to help Arnwield uh-huh. and clearly saying themselves was a good idea. It is to a good idea. Do that, I guess. What would she have done if something like the burning of the tree hadn't occurred? What was her like plan B? Uh, so, I mean, this whole time's not a construct of death it's tricky because uh, you know when you're questing through Arden Wheel and all that it feels like she's been pissed at her sister for eons that's what it true. feels like true yeah this is like I've been pissed at her for a weekend it's like okay <laughs> get over it there Winter Queen um, I don't really know obviously what Elune's you know plan B or C or whatever would have been I don't know. Maybe she was looking for, and it's it's really difficult to even say, because um, I don't know. Like maybe she just should have had a little powwow with Bonsamdi or somebody, or been like, oh, like hey man, uh, I know you're like really happy with saving souls, and hey, whoa, whoa, hold on, buddy. Like hey, Bonsamdi, you're like a, a 
flow of death. Like, why are you why are you saving them from going to Artem? Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's like this whole thing where they all go to the mall, and she would have been like, what? <laughs> right. I feel like, you know, going back to like a long time ago, like episode nine or something, where you were like, communication is key, everybody. I feel like these <laughs> big, powerful entities need to be talking more. <laughs> Don't communicate. <laughs> Right. Because, I mean, straight up, we learned during the cinematic that Elune did not know about the machine of death being broken. Yeah. She had no clue. I mean, and, you know, that's a big thing. And the Primus is my boy. I, I love my Primus, but he ain't, he ain't saying shit to nobody other than like, I'm going to put this cryptic message over here. I'm going to put it in this place that's in the in between in Corthia and no one's going to, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Like, write a, write a letter or something. Like, why are you going to put it like, so hard to find? <laughs> it's even... Uh, okay, and we're not going to talk about this today, but I can at least bring it up. Like, why are you getting all upset at my 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 soul bind? Why are you getting all, like, you know, the, the bone smith lady? Right. She's the best. Yeah. That's my soul bind. She's um, awesome. Yeah. Where it's like, you brought my sigil here. It's like, maybe you should have told me not to. <laughs> Communication. Like, you know, hey, you're the Primus. I'm literally working for you. Maybe you could have passed me a note or something. Like, hey, psst, hey, you're like a really good runesmith. Don't go into Torgas with the sigil. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's lots of communication breakdowns. Um, and I've never personally seen this movie, but I've seen the, uh, seen the clip. All right. Cool hand Luke, everybody. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That's that's a popular meme. <laughs> that I is, also have never seen that movie, but I know that clip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is uh, that's pretty much the Shadowlands expansion as a whole. Is we have this one dude <laughs> right. saying, "See what we have here is a failure to communicate." <laughs> like literally, no one wants to talk to each other. Quite frequently, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, Eloon could have passed a note to the Winter Queen. Hey, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just trying to find a lot of people to kill. Hmm? <laughs> okay, I'm not killing them. Hey, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a sociopath. I'm just gonna let them. Just gonna send you some animal. Hmm? It's animal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will find ways. <laughs> oh wait, my favorite children are gonna die. Shoot. Guess I gotta let them die. All right then. Yeah. I'll put him to sleep and make it easier. Go night night, everybody. Yeah, we go night night. <laughs> I like night night. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So another thing, right? Aloon knows all these different worlds as multiple night warriors spread throughout the cosmos. Yet Azeroth was the home of her favorites. Another example of the importance of Azeroth and her denizens. I found that interesting. Kind of reminds me where it's like parents are not supposed to pick a favorite child, right? I mean, I mean, Allie. I mean, I know you're you're a teacher. You're pro- you're not supposed to say, "Hey, you're my favorite." <laughs> right? Oh, I absolutely have favorites. Oh, you do. I like, train them to be my loyal minions, and it's amazing. Yeah, I'm not saying that you don't have favorites. You just don't oh, say it out loud. <laughs> and no, you're not. You're just like, "Hey, hey, you. Hey, there, Tanner. Come here. You're my favorite." <laughs> <laughs> right. It'd be funny if that was actually their name, but I don't. I just I uh, no, not in this class. I've had a Tanner before, but not in this class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I mean that's what it reminds me of. It's like yeah, it's like hey, you're my favorite. But then again, it's like I wonder. I mean, that's the thing. She's talking to her sister right now. So this no, it's true. Yeah, it's just them. All right, it's just them. Good congratulations, Night Elves. Alun likes you best. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I feel like other people in the vicinity probably heard though. It's mostly night. It's mostly night elves. It's mostly night elves. Maybe it was Chandris and then <laughs> it was a mostly a bunch of people from right other planets. There. Yeah, like a stone right with all of her people. You know, they're next. Man, where's the stone right? Like, they didn't just say what planet she was from. They didn't say she was from Azeroth. She was just she was a night warrior, and she got really mad at uh at Denathrius, and then the see, I don't even know it was. See, see I, I lost track. Was it was she the original Stone Right or did she No, she was not. The original Snow Stone Right as of now is rumored to be Sybil. Mm. Theatar's buddy. Yeah, yeah, I love Sybil. Yeah, so okay, so Sybil's awesome. Okay, so the original Stone Right got very mad at Denathrius and then the whole the Dreadlords and blah 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 blah. Well, this correct yes. Stone Right. She could be from Azeroth, she couldn't it, she she may or may not be. Who freaking knows? Uh, I have no indication that she is or isn't. So I don't think I, th- I don't think she is. I think if you go and talk to her, she mentions something about it. Mm-hmm. And we don't trying to remember. I think what? the only person I think, the, says, yeah. I think the only person that's actually going to get their their feelings hurt in that entire group, where it's like my favorite children, is probably going to be Holden High Mountain, where he's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what about the Torin? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's because we like Anchi so much, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. Don't worry, Torin. You're, you're you're like second favorite. Yeah, they probably actually. I can are. see that. According yeah. to the lore, yeah, they probably totally are. It's like <laughs> if she had to rank them, Torin or number two. Right, right. So, do you have anything else you want to add before I continue on in the notes? Oh, I don't know. There's just a lot of great things, and I really like what's going on here. So, yeah, let's just keep going. All right. So, once the Winter Queen realizes that Alun did not abandon her, she completely softens up towards her sister, and she catches the tear falling down Tronda's cheek very, very dramatically, while explaining that we can still guide their souls into their spring, starting with Tronda. Alun says it's up to Tronda to make the choice, and Tronda chooses renewal. And... I got to say her hands. So the Winter Queen's holding out her hands, right? With a tear in her hands. And Taronda with like her hand is like holding the Winter Queen's fingers. Her oh, yeah. hand looks so teeny tiny compared to the Winter Queen's hands. Like scaled down is the comparison of one of the three-year-olds in my class holding my hand with their little hands. Oh, like, and, it, that's what it reminds and, me and of. Fun fact to remember is uh, night elves, are, they're roughly seven feet tall. Night right? are not a, a teeny tiny race, okay? Right. Of, of but all, looks so teeny tiny. The Winter Queen's hands. It's it's like it's like a gnome holding a Torin's hands, like hey. <laughs> but basically, even more dramatic than that, right? Yeah, yeah it was it's good. Great. But anyways, together the Winter Queen and Alun, you know, through Toronto, turn that tear into another tear of Alun artifact. At least that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the quest, it's definitely a tear balloon. You do. It's even titled tear balloon. And that honestly, that got me thinking about going back to Legion where it's like tear balloon. I mean, I guess she doesn't cry very often. Is that is that why this is important? And then why was that a pillar of creation? 
don't know. I mean, because a loon is powerful and and did things. And why is it still? Why is, why is it a pillar of creation if it's she's not a freaking titan? She's a she's an eternal one. This is weird. It's weird. Just saying, it's weird. But was she ever in the rank of the eternal ones? Okay, according to the according to, to this thing. The Grimoire oh, well, of Shadowlands. I haven't read it yet. You're ahead of me in the book, so I don't know this. According to Grimoire of Shadowlands, she's like the leader of the Pantheon of Life. Okay. This okay, is, well, Pantheon of Life. Okay. okay. And, then, and then she's like just playing fast and loose with the Pantheon of Order. She's just like, hey, I'm going to hang out over here, guys. It's fine. I got ENR. She's my in. It's cool. I mean, maybe. I can see them being buddies. I'm sure they're buddies. I'm sure. Work wives, maybe? <laughs> I got a work wife and a work mistress. It's great. <laughs> this is the best. This is the good. Uh, this is good. Anyways, what <laughs> we do. Okay. This is my, I, I, as a night fae, I have to bring this up. Do it. We get another small cinematic. I'm not going to play that, but it's with the winter queen, the heart of the forest and proclaiming that the heart is made whole. The cycle is renewed and that death and life are in harmony. Once more, the Arden will sigil is recreated. As we know, all the sigils are being recreated right now. And it seems like the Winter Queen is going to keep it right there in the heart once again. In the most obvious spot ever, which is how the Jailer knew where to find it in the first place. Yeah, but he doesn't need a second one. But like, wouldn't you, after everything that happened, wouldn't you find a new hiding spot for the sigil? Like, I I facepalmed. I was like, really? (laughs) You have nowhere else in all of Ardenweald that you can hide the sigil? I mean, we'll get to this in like three paragraphs in the notes um but technically she doesn't keep it there because she gives it to my boy the primus yeah that's true i guess she doesn't keep it there good point i mean but then again, still the, just was like, then again the primus doesn't exactly have the greatest track record for whatever i'm like well okay <laughs> he doesn't Can like to talk ill against your primus <laughs> it's communication folks <laughs> communication it's it's a very important, right? We, we need we need to talk about what's going on with, you know, making uh, Activision Blizzard King a better workplace. We need to be talking about, you know, how to make a a better marriage. Communication. You got to talk. You can't just hide this crap. Yeah, yeah. It's important. So if you have this weird deep down suspicion hmm, as the Primus, and you're like, oh, oh, some serious stuff's going down. I, I should. I should investigate it by myself and never tell anyone about it and then make super cryptic <laughs> messages and then hide it. And then it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's actually a really bad idea. <laughs> Makes for fun video games, though. So that's fine. True. True. Well, do you have any other thoughts on the cinematic or should we move on? Mm, I have lots of thoughts on the cinematic, um, but mostly it is around. OK. All right. So I, I, I just got to bring this up. So Night Elves, I get it. I understand. I'm a dwarf. All right. So I'm not I'm, I'm not feeling quite your pain, but I do want to at least address your pain. Your deity didn't kill you. OK. All right. So go watch Tilly Essen's video on this where where he does the cinematic breakdown. All right. They're fantastic. Just watch Tilly Essen's cinematic yes, breakdown yes, on are. these. And it's important. All right. Specifically, what is a wake? Right. What is a wake? Meaning it's already happened. Right. If you if you've been water skiing before, that's a wake. That's a wake. So it, it things happen, and there's a wake going behind you. Okay. So in the wake of tragedy, meaning Sylvanas bird the tree, 
Not Elune said, go right ahead, Sylvana. Step right up. Throw a couple cans at the little thing. Or balls of cans. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> right. Yep. Nope. I'm just, just wanting to let you know. Your your deity loves you. She does. Does. She's she's there for you. But in the great cycle, in the great cycle, sometimes sacrifices have to be made, Ursoc. Uh <laughs> my heart. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's you know, if we go back to communication, it'd be really great. It'd be really nice if someone had told Elune. That, hey, um, we got some plumbing issues or something. I don't know. Like, there's a, some, some blockage. It's all going to the I don't know what's happening. It's all going to the mom. Uh, and she'd have been like, oh, crap. Maybe I should kill my night elves later. <laughs> okay, she, did, okay right. she didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it's a, you know, lemony snickets and a series of unfortunate events, really. It's all, oh, it's all. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all it is. It's all it is, everybody. So, did she want to kill you? Did you? No. No, no, no. Aloon is not a perfect goddess. And that's actually one of the things I like about this story. Is she's completely fallible. She didn't know. So, so if we go back to my little s- silly speculation. I was right in that Aloon did it on purpose where she sent the soul. But I was right, wrong. True. I, I'll take credit where I was wrong. I'm going to make sure I say I was wrong. Because I assumed... Ilun knew that things were broken. She right. didn't. She didn't know. Because you, you you think she would, but... You, yeah. you think. No. But I also want to point out that we still don't know why the power of Ilun said, no, 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 no strangulation on the, the friggin' Sylvanas Banshee. We still don't, we still don't actually have an answer there. True. That's true. So it, that's... Mm, is it just because Ilun's like, no, don't die to Rhonda? I mean, it could be. Could be because if she's like because remember you know melanoma is is my life for for hers basically <laughs> <laughs> unqua melanoma right that's uh, my life for hers <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's you know and then uh, Loon's like mm, I'm gonna back it off a bit I'm gonna pump the brakes there pump the brakes there Toronto you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna kill yourself maybe that's all it was I don't know we don't know yet there's no there's no 100% guarantee. I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't even know if we're ever going to get one. I feel like it's going to be just like, eh, she was going to die if she did that because she literally said my life for hers. And Ellen was probably like, no. <laughs> right? That's probably. Could be. Really Could be. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, that's the first thing that I wanted to really address. Night elves, your goddess. She still loves you. You're her favorite. I'm not jealous. I swear I'm not. Just a little bit jealous. Just a little bit. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I swear. I'm not jealous. I swear. I'm not jealous. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. Totally um, believe you. Yeah, you totally believe me. And then the other thing where, okay, what did she say? She's like, okay. And then the other thing I thought was interesting. We can, we can, you know, eventually, and this is kind of what I was alluding to when I was making my speculations with the with the Taronda becoming the, the, the Night Warrior was when I said that I assumed that Elune maybe had a plan for Sylvanas. And obviously Blizzard has a plan for Sylvanas. Don't know about Elune does. That's fine. Um, is basically, I was kind of thinking that, okay, we had to save the souls from the Maw. 
but she didn't know that they went to the mall. All right. All right. She didn't know. Pure balloon. Right. You get it. So she and, and you know, Night night Faye, you know, Allie here. She knows we saved a whole bunch of them already from the mall, but we probably got to save true. I worked more. hard for that, man. Yeah, man. We're real hard on that. I haven't. My hunter's still looking like, what? <laughs> I'm judging you. <laughs> My hunter's like, what's Shadowlands? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I just shoot things. I have a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my bear probably knows more what's going on than my hunter does. <laughs> That's my Entirely head possible. That is my head cannon for my, for my hunter. He's a miner, everybody. He just mines and the bear, he does all the work. <laughs> anyway, so what I'm getting at is... We can still usher them to their spring. Spring. Right. Yes, spring. Starting with this one. And that, that kind of means a lot of stuff if you go back to like what Ian has the coast said uh, back at BlizzCon. Where it's like, hey, there's the, there's the fall and the winter, which is Ardenweald, the spring and the summer, which is the Emerald Dream. And then she talked about like starting with this one, which is Taronda. And that's like, hmm, does she need to be? I mean, she's even, I mean, obviously stop from going sp- you know, freaking nuclear meltdown is basically what she's going through right now. But does she need like additional help? Like what's what's going on there? I don't I don't really know. And I think what's really particularly interesting is that if she says we can usher them back to their spring, that kind of feels like maybe the Winter Queen is saying, Hey, all these souls that we save from the Maw, that we bring back to Ardenwheel. We can send them to the Emerald Dream to maybe go back through the cycle. It's kind of like what a, what a wild god does. That's how I took it. Yeah. So I just wanted to really make sure I bring that up. It's just, you know, the Winter Queen is basically saying, hey, hey, all you knife with your Queen's Conservatory and how you save the souls and you send them back and you're like, hey, go to the Emerald Dream. Uh, <laughs> Except they still won't give me my frog soul shape. Uh, you know, no frogs well, you get a hippo. You get the hippo. That's pretty sweet. I do like my hippo. Now I have a hippogriff too, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I like the hippo. The hippo's pretty awesome. The hippo's good. <laughs> but I understand frog. I mean, I take pictures of frogs on my begonias. They're <laughs> pretty yeah, great. I love frogs. <laughs> frogs. I used to have frogs. It's great. Yeah, they are pretty awesome. All right. Well, so I mean, that's that's the kind of that's the main thing I wanted to bring up is the Winter Queen is like, hey, so um, I know. I know you made an oopsie. That wasn't, I mean, on the, on the scale of one to lots of oopsies, you made a, you made a big one. It was a big oopsie. <laughs> lots of oopsies. Uh, so let's let's see if we can correct this oopsie by sending them back to the Emerald Dream. And I'm just saying, if, if Jin is wrong and we're not going to the Emerald Dream in 9.2 and or 9.3, I'm going to be shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Shocked. So there you go. That, is, <laughs> that is what I wanted to bring up. What so? What if? Because I, I like Emerald Drain Theory, and I, I like it. I agree with you, and I want to go there. That's just but I also still want to. True, but I also <laughs> still want to burn Thros down because I'm Knife A. So I feel like maybe we go to Emerald Dream and do stuff there, and then we get powered up to go to Thros and burn them down. Well, I mean, you can go back to your. Not so crazy. Several people agree with you. Theory, which is the jailer looks pretty thrusty. So he does. He does. If we are going to use that as a mm, little bit of a guidepost, you can say, okay, 
If 9.2, we don't deal with the jailer. Maybe we'll deal with the jailer at a later patch. Maybe 9.3. Seems logical to me that we would have a 9.3. And then, then maybe that's where and we then burn, I burn it down. Gross, because that's where he did his little base of operations. But then again, which we're going to get into. We're going to get into in a little bit, which is apparently we found out that somebody used to be an arbiter. And it wasn't gross. Right. So who the frick knows? I don't know how it ties in, but he definitely looks very trust. Put it that way. I think they're his minions. I said it might be. Or something. It, it feels like there is a, there's a, there's like a thing. How they connect? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a thing. Yep. Yep. So, shall we move on? <laughs> Should we move on to the next chapter? Sometimes doing this as video is really dangerous. Um, should we move on to the next chapter? Yeah, I think I got, I think I got it all out. You feel good? Um, hey, if you're a night warrior... Night warrior? Yeah, night warrior. <laughs> if you're a night elf and you're still upset at Eloon, I get it. But just know, your god, Eloon, Gaddis, ain't perfect. And when you ain't perfect... Uh, it makes for really good storytelling. Um, and that's why if you are in the mood for some more uh, super imperfect um, gods and goddesses, uh, check out Mythos by Stephen Fry. It's a really good book on Audible. <laughs> oh, nice. It's fun. It's read by Stephen Fry. So it's super funny. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's move ahead to chapter nine. The last chapter at 9.1. It is called What Lies Ahead. Mm hmm. And when we say what lies ahead, it's like, what lies ahead? We think there's things that may happen. Stuff. Things. What if there's also lies in there? Like actual lies. Oh, crap. Perfect. <laughs> so this takes place after the Kingdom of Domination ending cinematic, which we've talked about in the past. In this, the Primus confirms that a doorway has been opened to a forbidden realm. The land of the first ones. And the banished one has reclaimed the power taken from him long ago. Long ago. Last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Time is not a I construct mean, of maybe. death. We have no freaking clue. Right? That's a problem. <laughs> so as we talked about that, you know, with the cinematic there, Anduin purposely dropped the compass that Varian gave him. Not a pocket watch. It's compass. So Anduin was able to enchant the gun. He saw it in the show notes and he still almost choked. That was great. So Anduin was able to enchant the compass and he imbued it with a memory of a conversation between himself and Sylvanas. Very clever, Anduin. That's what she said. She did. The battle is almost upon us. I will deal with the invading forces atop Torghast. When we reach Oribus, you will defend Zervor while he completes the ritual. You mean he will compel me to defend him? Each time he dominates my will, I feel myself slipping further away. Is this what you felt when Arthas raised you, Sylvanas? Everything you once were consumed by darkness. Yes, young lion. But in the end, the sacrifices we've made 
will have been worth it. Once the cycle of life and death has been broken and remade, we will... By that time, I'll have been lost. And so will you. I only hope my friends will remember me as I was. Not what you made me. So good. So first impressions, <laughs> Savannah's and Anduin are having honestly a fairly chummy conversation here. They're relating to each other. They're going through things together and talking freely. Zoval is not in control of Anduin at this moment. And if you think about it, Anduin had enough free time to enchant the compass as well. So that means Anduin is not dominated 24 seven, yet he isn't fighting back. He isn't just trying to take off the armor and walk out. He's still there going along with the plan. Does this mean he agrees with needing to break the cycle and then remake it? Agrees with Zoval's plan as Anduin knows it. Yet Anduin talks about how Zoval dominates his Anduin's will, which means maybe he's not going along with it. I was really intrigued by all this. What are your initial thoughts with all these particular topics? I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't have the key to get the armor off or something. I don't know. That seems... She was very restricting. I, I don't know. I mean, Sylvanas like he's not trying to take off too. or anything. He's just there. Well, it doesn't help that Sylvanas is right there, and she's like, you know, senior psychopath number one. You know, obviously we get the prime senior psychopath, and then you know, like Riker number one, right? So that's that's like Sylvanas. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I meant by number one. It was that kind of number one. You get the idea. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I do a mic. I made a put a Star Trek reference in there. There you go. That's for you. Number <laughs> <laughs> one. Make it so, number one. <laughs> okay. So, um, I mean, she at this point in this conversation, we can obviously tell Savannah is still like, yeah, this plan rocks. We love this plan because we're going to remake the whole yep. cycle of life and death. The great cycle. We're going to we're going to tweak it. We're going to tweak it and we're going to make it. We're going to make it good. Right. So this memory does take place before the ending of the raid, because at this point she's telling she's telling Anduin, when we get to Orbos, here's what you're going to do. So this is obviously pre end of raid. Yeah. So at that point, Savannah was still totally on board. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's one of the funny things. Whenever you're whenever you get to Savannah, if you ever just like happen to die or something like that, you're not paying attention to the raid anymore. Pay attention to what's happening in the center little, little arena. It's not really an arena. It's just the center. It's <laughs> it's super funny because Bolvar just kind of just stands there. And it, it, I don't know. Maybe there's just a bug or something like that. Bolvar is just like, beep <laughs> He's just hanging out. And Anduin's like, Rah! He's like attacking some stuff. And Bolvar's just like, Rah! And Jane is like, stop it. Screw over there. Stop it. <laughs> it's super. Honestly, what's funny Just about like it, that, huh? It, what's funny is Bolvar. <laughs> Bolvar is what makes it funny because he's just he is not moving. He's just holding his hammer and he's like, I'm, I'm Bolvar. He's tired, man. He's been through a lot. He's like, I'm tired. I used to sit on. I mean, he doesn't want to. He probably what it is. Okay. Okay. We're going to use a little lore to explain a bug. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> he doesn't want to smack into it. He, that's his buddy, man. Okay, he used That's to be, true. That's his. He used to be the high yeah. lord, the regent, when little Ando was like eight years old. And he was like basically his father. Yeah. I guess, yeah, surrogate father. Like, can you imagine seeing your surrogate son like going through all that? Like, maybe yeah. just paralyzed with 
emotions. I mean, in many ways, it's a surrogate ant blasting with frost bolts. So mm, I guess, true, I true. Guess, I guess Jane is a little more cold hearted because she's a frost mage. Get it? Yes, basically yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, everybody. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to judge my own jokes now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. give it a 7 out of 10. It's not gut busting. <laughs> Allie's not taking a drink over there. Almost like dying laughing. That's It's not episode 2 True. quality. Right, I'm not killing her over here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anduin, he feel, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, where's he going to go? I mean, that's the one thing. We don't actually know where this conversation is happening because they're just like lowy memory individuals. We don't actually know. It's probably happening in Torghast. And what was he going to do? Just run around Torghast like, oh, no, I'm in Torghast now. Oh, crap. I'm being tortured. I'm so, sure he can find somewhere to hide until one of his players walks by. He's like, hero, champion, <laughs> help me. <laughs> Would you like to be my follower? Oh, I got to end it. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's so good. <laughs> Right. I always win when I send Anduin out on a mission. <laughs> it's like if you take me to the way gate, I will get you through here. Let's go. This is fantastic. I get my I get my little six little uh, my little stones. What are those called? You know, it's the thing that gives you stats, and I'm supposed to have them. And it's <laughs> the shards of domination. No, not the shards of domination. It's the little things that you get from the mission tables. The, the little the thingamabobs. They're blue. Oh, the augment runes? Yeah, the augment runes. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Allie. You're the best. <laughs> it's the augment runes, everybody. We now know that we get augment runes, and it's fabulous. <laughs> and Anduin's just like, give me those augment runes. Bam. So that's what he does. Yep. Augment runes. That's what Anduin is here for. <laughs> All day, every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you think I'm being weird... Blame Dr. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's delicious. It is delicious. I'm so glad you like it. So moving on a bit, but you know, if we go back, that's fine too. Anduin speaks about, you know, feeling himself slipping away each time that Zoval dominates him. Then asks Savannah if that is how she felt when Arthas raised her. This felt like a really deep personal conversation. And also she calls him young lion instead of little lion, which was interesting. And you, you, you're starting to see this bond that's forming between them. And in a, in a way, she, she has someone she can finally relate to at least a little bit and her sacrifices that she has made. And I would imagine she appreciates that. What are your thoughts? I 100% agree. I picked up on the young lion too, because when she didn't go like... Shut up, little lion. You know, that's usually what right, she It wasn't says. the condescending little lion. Yeah, it was very much the, hey, remember all those side eyes where she's like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Now she's like talking to him almost like an equal where it's like, you get it, right? Yeah. You get it? Sucks. Mm-hmm. This whole no control, no free will. See why I'm always. And you, you, you picked up on it when you still had that free will before you got all dark and gloomy. Where you put the emo makeup on. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you were like, it's a choice you never had. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get it. You understand. So 
Now he really understands. Yeah, he totally understands. Because he's, he's like, okay, I'll do the thing. The little swordy thing. Because he, he always looks really bad at it. It's really funny. <laughs> he does. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just like a thing about the animation with... It could thing. be, because if you look at the cinematic, you could tell this is a bit of a... I call it the pandemic cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's one where, you know, like... It probably would have just been amazing if it wasn't for the pandemic. And you, it, I, I really felt for the people who worked on this because, I mean, it was great cinematic. It's just you you could tell it was a little bit of pandemic cinematic. See, see, this particular cinematic, this one, I feel like if we're going to we're going to call it the pandemic cinematic. Sure. It's fine because it is. It is absolutely pandemic cinematic. I think they stepped up their game where it is needed. Once again, in the yes, facial expressions, yes. right, where you can see Sylvanas, you know, when she says young lion. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Arthur sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, Zoval, mm-hmm, he's going <laughs> to, but he's going to, or as she said, but with the jailer, we're totally going to like remake this stuff. And then we all kind of know how that happened. Yeah. Right. Didn't exactly happen out according to plan. Sorry, Sylvanas. Nope. Apparently didn't read the fine print. Thank you very much. Uh, you should probably read the contract <laughs> next time. Uh, but anyway, yeah. And I think it goes back to like the 9-0 cinematics. She is actually forming a bond with uh, Anduin. And this, yeah. I mean, it goes back to BFA where they're recreating all the stuff. And it's like... Where it's like, oh, how rude, sister. And, and Anduin's like, shut up, Gen. Dude, I don't want you to <laughs> shut up. Right? <laughs> Muzzle your dog. Right, that one. <laughs> right. Anduin, he's just like, no, you're done. Mm-hmm. You and your boyfriend up on the little airship, you're done. All right? And then she did the blight thing. Mm, yay. <laughs> it's just, it feels like she's finally, she can relate to someone. Right. And this goes all it, to me, honestly, it goes back to, to before the storm because they were they were they were button heads right there. And before the storm novel, um, because at that point, Anduin and, you know, as I'm sitting here drinking some Dr. Morgan, things are like coming. Things are things. It's things, magical. It's it magical. magical. It feels <laughs> like and, and this actually goes back to a conversation. Not me, not me, but what Shoe Boots had with Christy Golden, where he was, he's like, hey, I really like Sylvanas. I don't. I hope you're not just throwing her down the crapper, basically. And he's just, and and Christy Golden basically said, don't give up on her. That's all she said. Okay, no, you know, not not giving away too much. That's all she can say, really. Pretty, yeah, but, you know, yeah. NDAs and all that is pretty much all she could say. But it makes sense, right? So you have you have Anduin who is like, oh, Sylvanas is the worst. You, I mean, literally the last line in Before the Storm is Sylvanas. She's she's beyond redemption. And I think they they've been setting this up for a long time. And if you like it, cool. If you like me, I kind of like this storyline. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. But if you don't, I get it. You know, not everybody likes it. I was, you know, if you want to you know, shift to not necessarily genres, but uh, mediums for a moment. I didn't hate the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> like. So, it had its faults, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't hate it. I got I got forty bucks out of a out of a out of a 
out of a pool of a, who lives and dies pool. There you go. <laughs> I think I came in second place. Yeah, I came in second nice. place. For who, who, well who, done. Who lives and dies from the Game of Thrones pool. So, I mean, dude, I mean, all fandoms obviously has their faults and you can love them, hate them, blah, 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 blah. And this one, it, you really got to go back to like, like Legion a little bit with how they were setting up that whole, like, just watch. Just watch the way Sylvanas looks at Varian, like, oh yeah, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Mm. In that cinematic, when they're kind of like going side by side with each other, and then nothing's right, happening, yeah. obviously. She, she respects Varian. She respects Varian, because he was the senior psychopath that was tempered by Anduin. Okay? Anduin was the, he was the softy. Uh, he was a softy donut. He was delicious. He was made of cinnamon and goodness. Mm, donuts. Yeah. Was, but Savannah, he didn't. She was just like, no, that's no good for me. Mm-mm. That doesn't help. He sucks. As, as a matter of fact, it, it, you can almost go back to Garrosh. Because there's a little bit of Garrosh here with Shadowlands. Garrosh is basically in, in war crimes. Uh, just it's all, it's all, it's all connects. It's all, it's all freaking, you know, red yarn everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can see his, you can see it in his brain as he's talking right now. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Like freaking uh, Garrosh basically looked at Andrew and was like, oh my God, the horde is going to be so happy when you are king because we will be marching through the streets of Stormwind and we are going to put your little head up on a pike and it's going to be amazing because you suck, you're a soft little weakling and <laughs> that's basically what Garrosh said to him. Yeah. And, and I think Going back to the, this is this is where she finally, I think, sees that there is not weakness in his kindness, right? I, I mean, that's a that's a common phrase. A lot of do not mistake my kindness for weakness, and right. that is where finally Sylvanas is picking up on that. She's realizing that he strives for peace. Right? He wants to have everyone in his kingdom have the best life possible, right? But that doesn't mean he needs to be riding out there, you know, conquering everything and, you know, taking all the natural resources and blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. He wants to do it through diplomacy. Right? He wants to actually have a peaceful world where people can go to bed at night and not worried about waking up being stabbed in the freaking chest. Right? That's, that's his ideal. Honestly, that's my ideal. So, like he says, not that he ever said this, but like he said, it's a common phrase, don't take my kindness for weakness. And I think she finally picked up on that when she said young lion because she Right. She's like, "Hey, I may have underestimated him in the past, but I think he gets it now cuz it's not, you know, he's what is he? He's like 19 now. He's just a kid. Yeah. He's very idealistic and he's got all this stuff and obviously he was taught by Velen and all that stuff. So, he's a one of the best priests out there. Sorry, all you priest players, you included Allie, but he'd probably. I approve. It's okay. That's true. <laughs> he's, he's, he's better he's, than me. It's he's good. He's real good. <laughs> I mean, he learned from felons, right? So, I mean. Right. So, and I think this is where Sylvanas is. She's kind of, I don't necessarily know if she's like tipping her hand or it's just, she's, she's letting him know that, yeah, not only do I get it, but I think you get it now. Like they're both seeing each other from their own perspectives. And this just makes me want to read the Sylvanas novel even more now. Right. Oh, it's going to be so good. We're going to get so many episodes out of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. A few. 
in that <laughs> one. <laughs> Another one uh, is his last line. I would definitely want to dive into a bit. He says, I only hope my friends will remember me how I was, not what you made me to be. And there's a little emphasis on the you there. So that begs the question, did she convince him or was he forced and stabbed by Kingsmorn? The latter. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very much. So, you, you could totally tell that Anduin was like, no. And then we go back to the cinematic where she's like pointing the blade. She's like, right, that one. Uh, yeah, he's just like, you got all the power, dude. Stabby, stabby. Yeah. Yeah. So then is Anduin alive or is this a Death Knight kind of Anduin? Uh, technically, Did it could be both. Did he technically die? Technically, it could be both. Arthas True. never died. True. When he became a Death Knight, there is no indication whether he, he lived or died. He is the Schrodinger's Death Knight. He wandered off into the frozen wastes, and when he came and back, we don't know his hair was all spooky, spooky. Right, it was, it was like he looked very gaunt spooky, and all spooky. that. Maybe right. he did die. I mean, you, true. You don't wander off into the frozen wastes and then come back and just looking very spooky if you didn't die. So it it could it could go could go either way. However, if the fact that Anduin the only change is that he's got white hair now because everything else seems to be on par except maybe like a couple crow's feet. Well, he's got the eye thing going on now. He's got like blue eyes. I think that's just the the side effect of the domination magic going like doing like. Some have called it death in my eyes. Some have called it domination magic eyes. So something like that, right? So something I want to point out that I found really interesting inside the jailer's little treasure trove of soul shards. There is one that is labeled the Golden King. Now, when we talked about it, I, I'd have to pull out my notes. When we originally talked about it, Anastarian. I think we're right. Did we say Anastarian? Yeah, Anastarian. What? What if it's actually Anduin's soul? Well, he was stabbed by Frostborn. That doesn't make no sense. But but a Morn blade, a Morn blade. That's all it needs to be is a Morn blade. I don't know. He was Anastarian. stabbed by a Morn blade. I'm just saying, Anastarian. He had very golden, beautiful locks. True. I'm not going to deny that. That's true. I, I mean, but I it know. could be Anduin. I'm, I'm gonna He's a king. I'm gonna say He's no. Got, I'm gonna say He is no. of the light. He's got a lot of golden armor. Does he have golden armor? It's more silver. More silver. <clears throat> I don't It's golden lion stuff. There's gold it's, on there. Lions is okay. gold. Uh, could it be? <laughs> could it be? Yes. It could be. But Do you think it is? Absolutely freaking not. <laughs> okay. So but I think there's still a point to be made here where he was if if he was forcibly stabbed and turned, he was stabbed by a Morn blade, which means somewhere some some somewhere in a treasure trove, that means that Zoval does have a shard of his soul. Okay, somewhere fine, I'll give it to you. But I still think it's it may staring. not be specifically the Golden King. Maybe he's gonna shove it into another Morn blade somewhere. Or if anything, he's just holding on to it. He's like, yes, yes, I like this. Yes, I don't even want to put it down. It could be, maybe. It's like a fidget spinner. He just wants to hold on to it. Anyway, yes. <laughs> yes. Just twiddles. I mean, I, I, you know, twiddle like a pencil around with my fingers, do the like little flippy thing. Like maybe he's just doing that with the soul, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he's got an his soul, that's what he's doing. He's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it's something worth noting that I didn't, I didn't really think about until I started really, you know, <laughs> processing the cinematic and then 
you know, listening to some other people's thoughts and stuff with it. And I, I really think there's something to this. He was stabbed by a worm blade. It was stabby stabby. Yep. That's true. Anything else you want to say on that? No, I just like the fact that the next line is basically a podcast name. Just one letter off. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> As in, but wait, there's lore. <laughs> so we also get this speech from the Primus after all is said and done. And we actually learn a bit more about Zoval. Once, Zoval stood among us as the Arbiter, yet he defied the will of the First Ones and sought to unmake the balance of the cosmos. For his crimes, we stripped our brother of his power and bound him to the Maw. It was I who scribed the runes of domination upon his flesh. We used Zoval's anima to construct a new Arbiter, one that would be dispassionate and just. I should have realized that he would never stop fighting to reclaim his power and see his schemes through to their bitter end. What will his next move be? Zoval pursues the secrets locked within the sepulcher. Should he find the knowledge he seeks, all that you know will be undone. Four sigils represent the renewed hope of the Covenants. I will use them to forge a key. Though I must find something to replace the Arbiter's sigil. Keep pressing the attack against the Jailer's forces. When the key is ready, I will call for you. Death comes for the soul of your world, mortal. But together, um, we may pretty yet sure save you're it. Use the tear of a loon. Oh, that's would that I, work? I don't know, but I mean, this is like this is like oh, tear of a loon. That's what he's gonna use. Why would we make, make such a big deal about it? Hey, everybody, we got a new tear of a loon over yeah, here. Yeah, good point. Like I was actually like I I actually have in the show notes as, as you know, uh, you know what do we think it's gonna be because I I sat there and. So when I ran through the quest, I thought about it. And when I was doing show notes, I thought about it. And then when I had to go digging for that sound clip, I thought about some more. And I just, I could not think of it. And I don't know why I didn't even consider the tear of a loon. Because I guess I just wouldn't associate a loon and the powers of the Arbiter. That's okay. We don't necessarily associate a loon with the powers of the Titans and the pillars of creation. But apparently we do. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> it's a stand in for I mean, whatever you, you want. You got a point. You got a point. Tear of a loon is like a wild card, everybody. If you just like jacks are wild, <laughs> Tear of a loon is a jack. It's beautiful. <laughs> but you have a point because they definitely, I mean, it was very obvious. You know, they're bringing attention to it just like they brought attention to the compass. So you might be onto something. I think I'm right. But I, I think you are. I think yeah. well, I always think I'm right. And then, but if I am wrong, I'll tell you when I'm wrong. You do, which I, I, just, I appreciate. Just like I assumed a loon would have been like, ah, it's bro- totally broken. I know it's broken. She didn't know it was broken. Right? Sorry about that, everybody. Exactly. It's, spe- <laughs> it's speculation. That's what happens. I'm only right half the time. It's fine. But we have yeah. fun with speculation. It's fine. Speculation is the best. So here's my speculation, everybody. And this is, okay. At this point, it feels hardly like speculation based on, uh, Okay. Okay, it's still speculation because I literally just thought of it. I even literally made like a 
bonk. Oh, you, you, no. you did. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to say it. I was like, oh, yeah, pretty sure my boy, the Primus, he's going to be like, hey, what a queen. Can I use that tear of a loon? Hmm? And she's going to be like, what do you need the tear of a loon for? And she's like, hey, you know that little thing? It's got like the Ouroboros little symbol. Like yeah. the infinity. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Right, that thing. I need a replacement. And she's like, a tear of a loon. Why are you going to replace it? Wild card. It's a wild card. It's like Jack's Wild. There you go. Bam. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. There you go. I think that's what's going to happen. And then it's going to be. quite possible. It's like, oh, no, it didn't work. We're just going to the Emerald Dream. That didn't it, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If we don't end up going to the Emerald Dream, I hope you're just not crushed. No, I won't be crushed. I'm just going to be like throwing all the hate at someone's way. Not in like a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack a developer. It's a freaking developer. I don't care. Like, like I, I. Yeah, it's a game. It's a game, people. If anything, I know Steve Denuser as much as he's like the face of the like the lore team. He don't make all the decisions. No, no. Someone will be like, "Hey, Steve, why didn't you do this?" He's like, "Hey, that was on the table. That's one of the things we talked about." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Cool." So I, I was almost right. It almost made it. It almost made it in. So cool. No, I, I do honestly think that there's going to be an aspect of the Emerald Dream, whether we actually physically go there or not. Like, it's going to be playing a part here pretty soon, I think. I agree. Always. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, we did finally, you know, we're, we're learning more things. You know, we, we learned that, you know, and it is true that at one point, like, so Val was an arbiter. And yeah, now we need to find a replacement sigil for the arbiter. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I said that at one point, but I feel like we said that at one point where it's like, I think he was the original sorting hat. We, yeah, we've said it before, yeah. And now we through this chapter we've gotten confirmation. But again, we will point out when we are right, wrong, or just parroting others. I'm pretty sure we're parroting others. Because <laughs> I heard it other places. Sometimes. Sometimes. Couldn't tell you where I heard it from, but I'm just like, Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. There you go. I'm not gonna take credit for that one because it just seems so super obvious to me that it's like She's got a little ball in her chest. And it's, he's exactly. got a hole in his chest. Ball in the hole. Yeah. There's yeah. the thing there. It's the know. thing there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So do you have any other things you want to add to this little Primus speech here? I mean, I, I feel like I added quite a bit when I was listening yeah. to it and I suddenly went, oh my gosh, he's going to use the Tear of a Loon as the replacement I, for yeah. this other sigil. And I went, that's why they did that. Yep. And I agree with that. Good job, Jen. Pat on the back. <laughs> right. Okay. So last but not least, we actually get some little tidbits of info. Thanks to various conversations around Corthia between NBCs. If you stay a while, and listen, stay a while and listen. Exactly. These are great. So, and one of them, toggle on, calls out Venari for wanting info on Zareth Mortiste. And Venari tries to tempt him to go to this realm of the first ones. That That's what Zareth Mortiste is. It's the realm of the first ones. That's his name, apparently. So we're going to listen to it because, well, I love their personalities and there's just so much sass in this. And, and the per- it's just, ah, uh, it's so good. Friend? The elusive Venari has no friends. I have been woefully misrepresented. I can be a good friend, 
a useful friend to those in need. And everyone is in need of something. You more than most from what I hear. In fact, I imagine this conversation is merely a pretext for you to inquire what I know of Zareth Mortis. Do you not long to see the realm of the First Ones for yourself? One day, perhaps, if the purpose wills it. Were you not assigned to Kothia for your intellect, your curiosity? Perhaps your purpose, my friend, is not to hoard knowledge, but to share it with those who would put it to use. I admit there are so many theories to explore, so many discoveries to be made. No, I will not think of it. Be gone, Broker. I need nothing from you. Have you come to trade? Not today, perhaps. But one day you will. And when that time comes, I look forward to doing business. Excellent. Definitely more like Mr. Burns' excellent thing going on there. Yep, yep. I just Release love... The like she, she tried so hard to tempt him and he almost went for it. And it was, uh, it was so good. Yeah, like, you know, he's you like, want to? He's like, I do, but I can't. But I want to, but I can't. <laughs> he's like, there's like so many discoveries to have. Whoa, 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 whoa Tim Trist. Back up. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Back up there, Venary. Yeah, no, I mean, this guy's awesome. Well, uh, honestly, Venari's awesome. Venari's the best. She I love I, I'm, I might have purchased her as my new uh, tavern person in Hearthstone. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, in, in my research and digging around Zareth, because, you know, Zareth Mortiste is apparent, supposedly the name of the realm of the first ones. Um, Zareth means cornerstone or keystone. And Mortis is the Latin word for death. So, yeah, Zareth, Zareth Mortis. The cornerstone of death, the keystone of death, it's very important realm of death, basically. Basically, it's it's, uh, it's, it's the first one's realm, the first one's realm. But at the same time, I go, is it the first one's realm or is it the first one, not ones, first one of death, their realm? Because they Maybe? say there are the first ones. They set up all of this stuff. They, they built the cosmos. And hey, there's the light, the void, the life, the death, the order, the chaos, right? Maybe there's just this one particular individual that created Zareth. Zareth Mortis. That's where my could brain be. goes. I don't know. It could be. It's just I'm, I'm definitely really interested in all of this because we're just learning so much more and... Every little tidbit of information I'm just eating up right now because it's all new. So, yeah. yeah, it is new. True. So our next conversation is between Uther and Jaina. And it's not necessarily, you know, lore bombs, you know, new information or whatever. It's just worth listening to because it's another nod to Arthas without us actually seeing him. I'm only a little bit or anything. And there's this line or two that Uther says about memories and stuff that I just thought was beautiful and it's just it's just worth 
hearing. So we're going to play it. By the light. Jaina Proudmore. Is that you? Uther? Uther? A Kyrian? <laughs> of course. It, it suits you. I barely recognized you, my lady. The last time we spoke was at... Stratholm. After the calling. I remember. You still think of him too, don't you? Even after all these years. I've tried to put the past behind me. Now, with what's been done to Anduin... All those painful memories have flooded back again. Memories are like mirrors. They show us parts of ourselves. Sometimes, parts we'd like to forget. But you can choose what lessons to carry forward, and what to leave behind. I loved him, you know. As did I. Take that love with you, Jaina. Let it lend you strength in dark times. Thank you, Uther. So... I, I don't know. I just I just thought it was worth listening to. And I love that memory line. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's going to hit someone else and they're going to like it too. I don't know. But there was one part and I'm trying to remember. I Because as I was playing through this chapter, I was actually jotting things down in our document here. And I jotted this down and I'm trying to remember where I read it from. I think when you first click on Uther, he says this or it's in a text or something like that. It says, basically that his soul was not split into one part that was noble and one part that was cruel. It was just a portion of his consciousness remained frozen in time while the rest of his soul carried on. So then that has led some people in the community to wonder, is that what happened to Savannah's soul? Yes, or at least I hope so. I think so. Like, there's, and there's some people are thinking, you know, now that she has, quote unquote, the good part of her soul back, you know, she's going to have a redemption arc, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that's the case. I, th- I think what you're saying is I mean, really we can. I don't see why we can't apply it to Sylvanas. And that's not a good part and bad part of her soul. It's just a section of her soul. You know, just like it was a, just a section of his soul. I agree. I I feel like when the soul was split, it wasn't some creepy like, oh, we got the good part this way and the good part that way. Blah, 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 blah. No, it was it was very much just. 50-50 that way, 50-50 that way. It was just a portion of his soul going this way and that way. And I think that may have been what's going on with Sylvanas. But as we have kind of covered so far, we don't get anything with what happened to Sylvanas. Even after, even the jailer himself said, I leave you to their mercy. Right. Uh, we don't freaking know. Sylvanas was not brought up in any of this. Other than, you know, her little conversation with Anduin where he's like, you're going to be lost before that happens. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So we don't really know. We, because we haven't actually talked about Savannah. We haven't seen anything other than Savannah. Other than what we got from the actual raid and, you know, cinematic. Where, right. So, yeah. Do, do, I, do I think there's, they're trying to be like, dude. Sylvanas, she burnt that tree because that was her bad soul in charge, not the good soul. Yeah. No. No, I do not not think so. Because even me, mild mannered Jin, mild mannered Jin, um, I would think that was a bunch of crap. 
And uh, it would it would take a lot for me to go. This is a bunch of crap. <laughs> um, because I'm I'm usually I just I'm, I'm the kind of person I just like to go with the flow and I, I just like to enjoy the story and see where they're leading in. And, you know, do I like all of it? Mm, no. Do I think it's all crap? No, no, either. So uh, I just I just see where yeah, see what's going. And it just I just tell the story as it is told. But if Sylvanas had suddenly been like, oh, that's the good part of a soul and the bad part. Ah. Right. I would have been like, this is kind of crap. <laughs> so I'm actually very glad they put this little like, hey, guys, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think they needed to because the all the initial little mini cinematics we got to introduce the, the story at the beginning of Shadowlands. Remember where we actually saw the one where like Arthas, you know, stabbed Uther and then the part that like went away was like the light part and it was, you know, bright and shimmering, whatever. So for a while, people thought that only happened because he is of the light. But because it was so, you know, light and bright and everything, it does kind of give you that impression that that's his quote unquote good side and that there's a split that way, you know, good versus bad. So I think they needed to clarify this. That that's not the direction they're going. And I just hope more because they, they kind of just snuck in there in this whole, you know, stay a while and listen thing. So if you're someone that enjoys the story and the lore, you probably stayed a while and listened, hopefully. And and you got this. But there are a lot of other people who don't take that time. So hopefully they figure it out. <laughs> hopefully at some point they stay a while and listen. Hopefully they pull a Deckard cane and they stay a while and listen. Stay a while and listen. All right, so we, we, we have a few others worth noting, a few more left. The first one is Thrall and Draka. And basically Thrall explains that he blames himself for Garrosh. I spoke of Garrosh, son of Gromash Hillscream. I'd hoped to spare him from the darkness his father knew. But instead, I fear I'm to blame for the ruin he unleashed. Fate sets a course before each of us. How are you to blame for the destiny he wrought? I took him from Nagrand. I made him war chief. But when he needed me most, I left him to falter. And in the end, it was my hand that struck him down. Your father used to say that a wolf decides whether to come when called or to turn on its master. There is no fault. Only nature taking its course. Garage shows his path, my son. But I set him upon it. You offered him a choice. You did not choose for him. Mourn if you must, but his decisions are not your burden to bear. His path ended. Yours moves onward. Onward. Yes, there is much to be done. Thank you, mother. Yeah, and I loved that little interaction between the two of them because that really drove home the fact that it's like, look, you did what you thought was best. Okay, you you thought that at the time the Horde needed a war hero, right? You thought he was going to learn and grow. You thought Cairn, you thought Etrig, you thought, you know, Vol'jin were going to temper him. You know, you're going to that that 
that Garrosh was going to be perhaps the greatest war chief the Horde had ever known. Because, as we know from some of the novels, I believe it was War Crimes, that said, hey, in some timelines, Garrosh was a friggin' amazing. He was the best. So, so Thrall didn't necessarily do anything wrong. <laughs> Lots of quotes around that. Um, <laughs> he did what he thought was best at the time. Right. He didn't know what Garrosh was going to do with that power. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of things where you can you can, you know, take this as a, like your own, you know, real world kind of stuff. It's like just because someone set you on the path, that doesn't mean that they had any control of what you decided when they when they got there. Right? Sure. You can empower the person. You can give them all the opportunities to to succeed or fail, but that is ultimately up to them, right? And that is basically what, what Draco was telling Thrall here. It's like, you look, you did not make the decisions for him. You did not say that you were going to, you didn't put the, the thoughts into his head saying you need to use the heart of an old god to destroy your enemies. You did not say that you were going to subjugate an entire race of Pandaren to get with your will. You, you didn't do any of that. You said, here, you're in charge of the Horde now. That's all you did. You said, do with it what you feel is best. And Thrall thought, and oh my god, this is going to sound like the most Horde apologist crap ever coming from a person that only plays Alliance. <laughs> but I've played a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of the books now, and I, I, I do see where he's coming from. Okay? So Thrall set him on a path saying like, look, I think this is what is best, right? I, I personally feel that you, Garrosh, have the wherewithal, the means, like everything within you to be amazing, right? You could be the greatest war chief we have ever seen. You could be what your father never was, right? You see how your father saved us all? Yep. You could take us into the future and thrive and grow and perhaps even do do more, like like find peace for their people. You know, something way back in the day that, you know, freaking Duratan and Draka and all that they were hoping for, but they never found. And this is what this is basically what Draka was telling Thrall. It's like you are blaming yourself for the decisions of another person. He had every opportunity to make other decisions. And you're blaming yourself for that. Right? Yep. You're basically saying that, oh, it's my fault. I made him war chief. Yeah, it is your fault that he was a war chief. But he had every opportunity to choose peace. He had every opportunity to choose not to go enslave a bunch of magnetars to try and overtake Ashenvale. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bunch of choices that this guy made that could have changed the course of everything, which would have been a really bit boring video game. But again, like he, could, he could have chose differently is essentially what, what I'm getting at is Draka is letting him know. It's like, yeah, you made a bad decision by putting him in charge, but you didn't make all the awful decisions for him. Right. That was on him. Stop Stop blaming yourself just because he decided to go in a horrible manner. You could talk to the elements again. Yeah. It's cool. 
And, and I imagine like that's a, that's a guilt that Thrall has been carrying around for quite a while. So I really, I really do hope that he can just let that burden go. It's one of those things where you know, when you're struggling with something and someone in trying to help you get through it shows you the more logical side of everything. It on one hand, it helps. <laughs> on the other hand, you still have your emotions and it's tricky to really be able to let the emotions go, see the reasoning and just be at peace and move on. And I really, I really hope Thrall gets to that point. It was, it was, yeah, it was Catherine Pradmore that told Jaina, My daughter, forgive me. Forgive your father. And forgive yourself. This was very much Draka's moment where she's like, like, freaking amazing bomb. Where like Catherine Pradmore, where she's just like, dude, it's okay, right? You did what you thought was best. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You can forgive yourself for maybe making a choice that wasn't exactly the best. It's okay. It's all right. So that's that's what uh, what Draka is doing to Thrall. And now, I'm just before we move on to the next one because we were going to move on to the next one. Just, I just if Blizzard, if you want to, if you want, if you want me to play this video game and you want to get me to the the fireworks, have Thrall run into Teresa Foxton. I kept waiting for it, honestly. I would, I would I'd fall out of my, I'd be like, ah! yeah, I would have lost it too. Like I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and get nothing yet. But I mean, I, I did get like a little emotional, like when Thrall actually calls Draka mother during this little conversation. Oh, but uh, I keep waiting for Teresa because, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do it, Blizzard, I'm just saying, this is obviously your only opportunity unless you're going to do more death realm. I can't imagine you would. But if you want to really like step it up and if you just want to like tweak those, like like turn it up to 11 with the emotions into high gear. <laughs> yeah. Just have Thrall have a conversation with Teresa Fox and, and I will be like. <laughs> all, yeah, I've been me. waiting for that. And then I've been waiting for Jaina to see Kendi. Oh, God. Jaina and Kendi. Both of those. Oh, God. Honestly, see, Jaina and Kendi. Jaina and Kendi is not nearly as impactful for me because what really got me with Jaina and Kendi wasn't actually obviously Jane and Kendi, which that would be bad. What really got me is when I was reading Tides of this, what is it? Tides of War? Tides, Tides of War. Tides of War. Thank you. There's so many Tides. Tides of Darkness, Tides of War, Tides of that. There's Tides lots of wars, of, lots of Tides. Things lots, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when she talked to her parents. The parents. Yeah. Oh that is the hard part. <laughs> I, was I was like, okay, book, go away for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the oh, hard part. so bad. Oh, that's so bad. So yeah, if you, if you want to pull that one again, which apparently there was a tweet mm, probably about three, four, five months ago at this point where Christy Golden was like, oh, you think you've had some emotions before. I'm going to pull, I'm pulling out all the stops for the Sylvanas book. Oh my goodness. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, my emotions. It's gonna be so bad and so good. Oh at my the same god, time. it's gonna be fantastic. right. 
Oh, especially from Christy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Christy that finally got me. She was the one that broke it. It was actually the shattering. It's, oh my god, I don't even remember her name anymore. So sad, but it was it was Anduin's buddy. That was that he was hanging out with that died in the in the earthquake. Oh, my oh gosh. yeah. I I was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. The tears were rolling on that scene. It was so bad. But yeah. Thrall and Teretha. I mean, I feel like they're just I feel like they're just avoiding it just because it's like they, they don't want their player base to quit just out of like emotional trauma or something like that, because that's what would practically happen. <laughs> Be so bad. Oh man. Can you imagine? Uh if if if, if we're over here like thinking like Draka and Thrall and da, 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 it's great. We we love Draka and Thrall. Yeah. Thrall and Teretha. Oh my god. Oh. This is gonna I be like, it. If this ever happens, this, it's going to be an entire therapy session of, of Allie and me talking about how traumatizing this event was and how we can get over it. And, and we're just going to talk give about it. It's going to be a whole episode. It's going to be a whole episode. Well, and that's why I've been saying since the very beginning that I want Shadowland scenarios. Oh, because I feel like there's just you so many little stories I could tell. And I know and I appreciate that they're not wanting to bring all the characters back ever and all the Easter eggs ever and inundate it with all of that. I, I get it. And I, I think it's a good call. But I still think there's things that are missing, like little interactions like that or where the bleep the Murlocs went. <laughs> and I want to know. I have theories. I don't know if they're right, but I want to, I want the official word from Blizzard where they went. But, you know, like there's just so many things I could still tell with the Shadowlands. And I've been calling for Shadowlands scenarios since Alpha. <laughs> so, Yeah. And this is one of them is seeing Thrawn Teresa. Right. So next up again, just very briefly, uh, we had a conversation between the Mograines, father and son, and they talked about Tyrion forging and how Darian tried to raise him into, into undeath and wasn't able to. And they talked about Ashbringer and just the, the burden that you know he had to carry and Alexandros, you know, apologizing for it. And it was just, it was just a nice little conversation. Nothing really big from it, but it's definitely worth taking the time to staying a while, to stay a while and listen. Definitely you should listen to that one, especially because apparently the one and only Ian Bates, Mr. Redshirt guy, actually pointed out that this may have brought in a a I think it was like a um what am I saying? It was like a a fan fiction suddenly became canon because of this conversation because Darian said that only a silver hand could become a, a, a member of the, of like the four. True. Or he like. did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, specifically around that. Um, it, because the conversation all centered around initially around, Hey there, Darian, you doing a good job. Hey, I love you, boy. How you doing? How you doing? I'm proud of you. So, um, Tyrion forging. Why'd you try and raise him? That's kind of messed up, man. Like, he deserved a rest. Like, he'd go night-night. It's fine. You ever go night-night? You should go night-night. <laughs> and I like night-night. Yeah. Darian's like, yeah, he went night-night. He went night-night. But um, we kind of needed him back because he's, he's a really good dude. And he, like, plow, like shattered the Frostmourne and everything. It was great. And, and Alexandros is like, yeah, yeah, shattered Frostmourne. Good, good, good she is. It's good. And he's like, yeah, he's pretty much the only one that was worthy. Mm. And he's like, well, you got four horsemen right now, and Tyrion isn't one of them, so clearly someone else was worthy. Ah. Right? So, so anyway, yeah. it, was, it was a great little thing. 
But basically, it was like, are you ever proud of me, Dad? He's like, yeah, I'm proud of you. It's fine. God, so needy, boy. Yes, I'm proud of you. Stop trying to raise Tyrion. He's he's over there in this unnamed zone. He's he's having a time of his life. Leave him alone. He's fishing. He's chilling. Just just let him be. He's hanging out <laughs> with the Murlocs. Leave him alone. I don't see that happening. There's rum. There's rum involved. So okay, the next it happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one, uh, I have to bring this up. So this was not actually a conversation, okay? This was when you're in Corthia and then you have know, the main hub there. There is a book on the ground. What's the question, not question mark, exclamation point. You're like, oh, what is this? And you click on it, it's a quest. And you turn it in and you get this little um, hologram thingy of Malganis, who is basically mocking you saying, hey, guess what? I'm out. <laughs> totally not planned <laughs> that was so good but so so now we know the Malganis shenanigans aren't over so Ali's back on Malganis watch now from this point on because he is somewhere doing something but Malganis style Malganis watch is that is that my little theme song I like it good. now the only fun little thing that we have here is that when you were reading the quest text and all the book, and it did say pretty much more or less confirmed. Uh, whenever we face the jailer, Malganis will be there. That's actually what it said. It was. I think I was too excited to notice. That. Yeah. So it pretty much it pretty much said it either this is like a nine two or a nine three confirmation of hey everybody, whenever we face the jailer Malganis he's gonna be there waiting for you he, he's gonna be Fate Scribro Collar whatever frick his name is he's gonna be that right? boss yeah. right oh yeah yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be there he's gonna be like spinning things and little stuff you get the idea <laughs> he'll be there that's Just basically like that. that that is <laughs> that was my take on it was okay. okay hey he's gonna be there he's gonna be there this is a stretch and it's not really a thing. Let me just say that now. I already know this is wrong, but I just had a brief little thought that go through my head. What if Malganis is just Zoval's dreadlord disguise? Uh, sure. And then use that disguise to get what he needed to out of Arthas and whatnot. I mean, that'd be cool and all, but. It's not right. But just the, I just had that brief thought. I was like, huh. Again, not right. Don't quote me on that because I know it's not right. Unless it's right, in which case, quote me. But I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's. I don't think that's a thing. But just that's where my brain went for a brief second. And I had to share it because yeah, I'll, why not? I'll, I'll see a Z in Malganis's name, so it's not like some weird anagram. Like oh wow. <laughs> well, is it? There's there's an A and there's a there's an L. And there's, there's Mal. There's Mal. If you turn the A, if you and Mal's bad, right? Yeah, Mal is bad. Upside down, it's a be but at the same time mal in many ways if we were if we, we are all we are all if you're listening to this freaking show you're a fan and you don't know it yet if you if you are listening to the show and you're not a fan of it but you're a fan of firefly so really true oh, that's a good point, no, good point yeah. It's, yeah. It, in many ways it's actually good mercy is the mark of a great man oh oh guess i'm just a good man oh oh i'm all right oh mal it's, it's good <laughs> so even though it means bad <laughs> Like 
oh, oh, muy mal. Uh, uh, like Spanish, right? Right? No, 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 no. It means good. It's, it's Captain Mal Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds. Reynolds. Right. So good. Because Malcolm, wears a, it's Malcolm Reynolds. We're in Malcolm Reynolds. Mal Reynolds. Right. right. He wears a yeah. bonnet. It's a pretty little bonnet, and he's gonna shoot you. Yes. <laughs> I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. I need to watch this again because I love it so much. It's it's good. It's good. It is perhaps the greatest thing on this planet Earth that never finished. It is the greatest thing oh, on planet so Earth sad. that never finished. There you go. That's how I'm going to put it. There you go. There you go. So good. So good. Hmm. I love math. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know what, I don't know what Gannis is up to, but so it just sounds like <laughs> Zelda. Mal's okay. <laughs> That's like Gandalf. Not Gandalf. Wait, Ganon. There you go. Ganon from Zelda. There you go. It's bad. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. So should we get to the last one? Um, yeah. Let's get to the last yeah. one. Let's do it. So we are going to cover one more conversation. And I I realized this morning that I forgot to include this in the notes. And Jim was kind enough to grab the audio for it. So thank you, Jen. This is a conversation between Taronda and Chandras. After all the hubbub that happened between uh, Tronda and Elune. And I think it's just a great one to finish out with. It is good to see you whole again, Mindo. I had feared you might be forever lost. Ever since Darkshore, rage has swelled inside me. A tide under which I seemed destined to drown. It was not until I heard Elune's voice that I recognized the grief buried beneath my anger. Sorrow intertwined with her deep sense of betrayal. When Teldrassil burned, I could not understand why the goddess did not intervene, why she would allow so many to be lost. But I did not know of Ardenweald, of the duty and purpose that awaited the souls of our people. At least, before the mark. Perhaps we can never truly know the ways of the gods, my daughter. But I believe Elune made a choice to aid her sister, not to cause us sorrow. The Winter Queen faced hard choices as well. She and Mother Moon are bound together in an eternal cycle. One of death and rebirth. A cycle the Kaldori must now rejoin. No more looking to the past. It is time to embrace our future. Yeah. Some of the brace of future. And I just was noticing something as I was listening to this again is number one, where's my fury? <laughs> where's my fury? What's going on with my fury? So uh he's obviously was part of this whole thing because remember he was in the uh tell them we are coming. Remember? Where is it? He was finally right. cool in the oh, video. It was game. so good too. Oh sorry. Yeah. But there's a part of me that wonders, okay, for someone that has spent probably like not even joking, literal thousands of years in the Emerald Dream. Do you wonder if he knows what Ardenweald is or has at least heard or has possibly. So maybe, maybe if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to do a at least halfway decent job of explaining why Malfurion Stormrage is not in this expansion trying to save his wife. I think that would be it. Is he knew oh. about Ardenweald. Because Sandra D, she's like, hey, 
I don't know. I don't know. Sandy. She's like, I don't know. Sandra's Feathermoon. She's like, I didn't know about Arnwield, but I knew about you, Mama. And you were real, feeling real bad, so I wanted to help you out. <laughs> it's just like that. Yeah, that's basically what she said. <laughs> Tyrande, I mean, she's like, yeah, it's gonna be good. We need to, we need to get over it. Get over it. We need, we need to just get over some genocide. Yeah, which it does feel weird when she's like, hey, we need to seek renewal because it feels incredibly weird. This is this is one of those conversations that you. Yeah, the music is telling you one thing, but your but your mind and your heart's telling you another. Where you're like, I'm a fucking nut of, and you're telling me that I just need to get over this. <laughs> right, right. And it's it's super bizarre because yes, yeah, yeah. Revenge is obviously a bad thing. Anyway, I think my main thing that I took away from this conversation between Chandris and Toronto was, hey. Some whole bunch of stuff happened and there's a there's just a lot of stuff that we didn't know about that was also kind of going on in the background. So like like Toronto said, uh, hey, I'm like the priestess, like the chosen one of Elun, and I'm lost in the dark over here. When it, right. So yeah. maybe we'll never know. Elun works in mysterious ways, as they say. It's true. It's true. To your Alfarian point. I always assumed that while she was busy jumping into the maw and whatnot, he was staying behind taking care of the night elves that are still living. It was not a complete genocide. They're still night elves living. And and doing his work, maybe helping to heal Azroth, who knows. But I'm assuming that if we do go to Arden, not Ardenwild, duh, to Emerald Dream or have something to do with Emerald Dream... I'm guessing he's going to make an appearance. So I feel like it would be silly to not have him come. I really hope so. And and I understand. I, I completely 100% understand. As someone who's read all the novels, I see the power level of Mount Furion. Okay? He is like this God-tier level of just like, I could do anything I pretty much freaking want because I'm a druid and scenarios taught me how. That's pretty much how the, the gist that I get from Mount Furion. Okay, now let's let's think about this for a second. That made sense in classic, made sense in BC, made sense in Wrath. Okay, Malfurion's back in Cataclysm, but he's just hanging out, basically saying, "Hey there, wild gods, come on back. We got some stuff for you to do." Hey, Goldrin, how you doing? I, uh, you know, right, not too much. I think we have reached a power level where, hey, Malfurion, join in the fight. It's fine now. <laughs> it's you're not going to be this crazy imbalance of you're just, you know, S tier doing everything for us. No. Uh, Richard Knack could write the craziest thing of like, <laughs> Malfurion got upset and he was very, he was very angry because he thought Mal Tyrande was doing this thing and she was dead or something. Blah, blah, blah. There's a rainstorm. Um, no. And we as the heroes would have been like, if we killed a Titan, it, Ever heard of Argus? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Grow up, dude. <laughs> we, uh, we're beyond that now. So, uh, hey, join in the fight, Malfury. You can add him into the storyline. It's fine, Blizzard. It's fine. We've, uh, <laughs> we have reached the point in the story where it totally makes sense to us to just run into Malfury and in the Emerald Dream if that's where we're going. Yeah. 
It totally makes sense. I, yeah, I can see. Either we'll, either we're going to stumble upon him or somehow like Shandis will send word back to him. And then from Azra's side, he'll be like, I'll meet you in the Emerald Dream. And then he goes, sleepy sleeps. And then we go find him in the Emerald Dream. And then yeah. he guides us. He'll be our tour, gu- tour guide through Emerald Dream. Hmm. I agree. And at the same time, who freaking knows what's going to happen when it comes to the time is not a construct of death? Because as someone right. who has been reading the grimoire of the Shadowlands, this literally took place between 9.0 and 9.1. 9.1 hasn't even happened yet if you're reading all of the events that's going on in the grimoire. Okay? Interesting. So, yeah, it's very weird with the whole timing and all of this. Yeah. Because... The brokers are like, yeah, there's a bunch of mortals that showed up and blabbity, 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 mortal, mortal, mortals. And it's like, doesn't talk anything about the fact that we went to Corthia. Doesn't talk anything about that. No, none of that yet. No. But Mr. Broker has got a whole lots of things to talk about. So, yeah, this whole time is not a construct of death. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's been like a weekend for Malfurion. And he's like, oh, I'm so sad that Tyrande left. And then I miss she's, her. Yeah, she's going to show back up and she's like, oh my God, let me tell you about all these amazing things. It's like, you've been gone 36 hours. How did you go on all these adventures? Like, hey, we Could believe be. We believe that Turalyon and Alaria fought in a war for a thousand years and yet they were only gone for 36. So true. You know, yeah, true. believe me, I went and jumped through a big spooky portal with, a, with the Helm of Domination all shattered. So... No, not gonna believe me. Okay, cool. Time's weird, man. Time's weird. Or as Garrosh said, times change. <laughs> or both. It's weird and it changes. It's fine. It's weird. It weirdly changes. Yeah. There we go. That's it. It's actually super accurate. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it. Unless you have anything else you want to say or add, or should we can move on to our positive story and wrap this business up. I think I have personally said enough today, so I'm going to go ahead and play this. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Now, at a time where there are some truly horrible things happening in the news, pandemics flaring up, my two-year-olds, my classroom as of tomorrow, have to start wearing masks. It's Things are rough. It was nice to find this short but sweet story about a budding friendship during the pandemic. Two houses separated by a fence. Benjamin Olson in one just turned two. Mary O'Neill in the other just shy of 100. This is Yahtzee. Both found themselves pandemic prisoners. I'm playing against myself. He has never really had any other friends. Until Mary and Benjamin. Hi, Benjamin. Found each other. Here comes. We call it cane ball. <laughs> His first best friend. Woo! Mary's grand and great grandkids all live far away. But now, new photos of Benjamin and baby brother. They're the closest thing to grandchildren I have around here. And as the pandemic eased its grip, Benjamin discovered. Gonna open the fence? The grass is even greener when you can share a friendship. Same side of the fence. Oh, that's nice dirt. Days passed when their yards remained empty. I missed them when it was too cold for them to come out. I had never known that. Yeah, but I'm so happy they have each other. When friendships form, powerful forces are engineered. Mary and Benjamin built a bridge over 98 years. 
Boyd Hoopert, NBC News, Minneapolis. I've never heard that before. Right? It's so good. She reminds me of my great grandma, and so I could not play it. But the, the whole Yahtzee thing, she actually had a little handheld Yahtzee game in like one of the shots where she was just like playing it. I can play myself. And it just, it was just, uh, it's just so sweet and it's just such a good feel good story. And yeah, she reminds me of my great grandma. So I had to kind of play it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the most adorable damn thing I think I've heard in a while. Yes. What? Boy, they were probably, I'm, I'm assuming they were probably what, 99, almost 100 versus I think she, I think two she was year like, old? Yeah, something like that. Like she was 98, 99, something like that. And the two year old. And it, it's the, the fence between them is like your typical like wire fence. <laughs> like not it's not like a, it's not like the six foot like cable fence. It's just cable, right, cable? What? Right. six foot wood fence. It's just an, a normal, you know, fence. That is adorable. It was really adorable. <laughs> it's the damn thing. I am. I am. I know I've said this last couple episodes and I've been really bad at remembering. So I am going to legitimately try to post this on Twitter so everyone can see the story because it really is worth taking a moment just to experience the sweetness of it. Yeah. Like if we thought like Sapphire, the, the fairy was cute. This is I'm just saying, I think this is even cuter. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's good. It's good. It's just nice. It's nice to remember these nice stories and to just take a moment to remember that, you know, not everything is doom and gloom. No, it really isn't. There's a lot of doom. There's a lot of gloom. But, you know, you can find you can find the, the, the positive lights throughout throughout it. And it's just nice to focus on the positive. But at the same time. And it's why we wanted to bring up the whole ABK, you know, stuff at the beginning is we don't want to forget the negative, but yeah, that's, that's, you still have to. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've actually thought about it, it would just be a, a good idea to really focus on the positive stories throughout this. And this has just been a, a fun and fun reminder of all that. Because I, I literally didn't ever like listen to this beforehand. I just I just threw it in and I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to it as we do it. And yeah, it's freaking adorable. Now I want to like learn more about these two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. I think I think we're good. We should get out of here. It's a long episode. It was a long episode. It was fun though. It's totally worth it. I agree. I'll probably cut out some of my ramblings, but that's okay. <laughs> the power of editing. Yes, yeah, the power of Dr. Morgan. That too. Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. What shit was I talking about? <laughs> Before I got to bears. Something about bears, beats, Battlestar Galactica. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>